News Hounds from Queen City Nerve is a member of the Queen City Podcast Network, powered by Ortho Carolina. Now offering video visits so you can take control of your orthopedic care from the comfort of your home. Schedule online at orthocarolina.com. Ortho Carolina, you improved. Welcome to episode 24 of Queen City Nerves News Hounds podcast. I am Ryan Pitkin, as always, with my co-host, publisher, Justin LaFrancois. Mm-hmm. Today we are drinking some, it's a right kind of thing to do because uh, one of our guests brought us beers as one of the bar owners that we see most often, back in normal times, I'll call them. Um, and she knows exactly what we're bringing. So I'll go ahead and introduce them right now. We have Jackie DeLoach here with us. Owner of Hattie's Tap and Tavern on the Plaza. Hello. What's going on, Jackie? Um, it's going. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and then we also have Zach Pulliam, owner of Abari Game Bar. How's it going? Formerly on North Davidson Street. Yes. Hopefully elsewhere soon, and yes. we're going to have plenty of time to talk about that. Um, so as you might have guessed from our title and or those introductions, we are going to be talking about some of the effects of the COVID-19 pandemic on the Bar industry specifically, I think, will be our main focus here because it is, uh, as I mentioned earlier, it's just one of the it's the, one of the main industries that I can think of where there is not really many options for pivots. Um, and we can start by sort of talking about that. I think everyone knows how this all began, what what the deal is, what what the issue is here. We're in phase two right now, where bars that don't serve food aren't allowed to really operate. So. Don't need to go too much into that, but you guys both have um, attempted lots of you know different events and different creative ways to sort of keep people engaged, keep money coming in, things like that. So whoever wants to take the lead, I'd talk about some of your F, uh, attempts at that and, and whether you've seen success with it, whether just how, how stuff like that sort of carried out. Yeah, I mean, I, I think, you know, the main thing that Jackie and I can bring up at the beginning is, you know, her and I have worked together in some of these events, including, uh, you know, we did a, a rooftop concert. Right. We called it the QC Telethon. And that was basically to raise some money for us, uh, both Hattie's in Abari and, and Tommy's Pub. Um, and we, we had a little charity donation as well. Um, so, you know, that's that's one thing, at least, as as bar owners that we have been trying to do is support each other during this. And, you know, um, I'm sure Jackie will agree with me as while these events like that were great, um, they don't generate a lot of revenue, but they at least keep people engaged with, you know, us and we get to, you know, basically kind of live vicariously through our communities at that point. So. I mean, I agree with that. You don't want to have like customer fatigue. Like yeah. you have to keep them engaged and keep trying with something new every once in a while just to, you know, we, we know that our, our clientele and our, our neighborhood really wants to keep us going, but you always have to keep them interested. Right. Don't let them forget. Yeah. When was the last time you did a car wash? I was just about to bring up the car wash. <laughs> we probably do one once a month. Um, it's been a couple of weeks since we did the last one, but. We'll do them once a month. They they do well. Mm-hmm. Um, even with the last one, we maybe had six cars, but a lot of people bought beer to go, and that helped or just donated. They just right. showed up to donate, and it was during the time where we had, you know, 10 days in a row of rain, so it was like that one day that we could push in the car wash, and, and you know, people did show up for it, which was good. And as far as the rooftop concert, I didn't get to make it out there. I think I just got back in town that day, but I uh, it was sold out. We yeah. spoke yeah. to yeah Jeremy with Four Finger Records uh, was telling us about it and just he's one of our sounded, delivery drivers. He is shout out to Jeremy. He's a, he's a man, but uh, he does. Tell me a little bit just about how that went. Um, it sounded like a blast. Yeah, I mean um, nobody fell. Yeah, that's good. <laughs> you know, at first when we were like starting to think about it, we we're like, man, this sounds weird. But then you go outside and you get in the parking lot and look at the roof. And you're like, oh man, that's like perfect. It, it really is because especially even- with like that back area was in, like where the next building was was mm-hmm. all brick, so you get this really nice back feet a little bit. Yeah, so like there was a massive amount of sound, which was great. Yeah, it was cool. Yeah. And then you know it was a beautiful day. It was a little hot, but yeah. still it was a nice day. You know, we were able to sell all our tickets, which were, uh, I believe, 30, 35 or 40, can't yeah. remember. 
Um, and you, I think we raised approximately 5,000 ish dollars, which was mm -hmm. pretty yeah. good. And we split that five ways between, uh, four fink, well, the bands, uh, Jackie and I with Hattie's and Abari, uh, Jamie at Tommy's and then, um, uh, the jail fund in no in double ACP yeah. Charlotte. Oh, yeah. Cool. Now we are redoing, we're, we're doing that, that seven inch. Uh, which is recordings, basically live recordings oh, of, nice. of of that day that we're selling now. We're taking pre-orders on, and uh, that those uh, are going to Charlotte Bell Fund. So we're those are going to be uh, proceeds are going to be used for that. So right. we did once again. We didn't make much money on it. It was more about community involvement and just us, you know, doing something together and making us, you know known that hey we're still here we're right. still trying you know we still care about you guys and we hope you still care about us absolutely so. and and it's cool that you guys are still you know paying bands and because everybody's hurting in this situation oh, it's not the situation where you just say we gotta get we, we need this money sorry guys do it for free um well it also fucking sucks that like doing cool events like that or having monthly car washes and engaging with the community and donating to the NAACP and donating to the bail fund rather than to keep it to run your business, unfortunately is not going to keep running your business. Yeah. And that's, that's honestly my perspective on it. The worst part about it is it doesn't matter how good of a person you are. Uh, it's, there's just nothing that's going to save anything right now. How hard of a worker. Yeah. I mean, to give some context here for folks who are listening and not familiar or haven't heard, um, Zach's did have did announce just a week or two ago that he will be closing or is closing the uh, Abari location on North Davidson and Parkwood. Um, just a lot of us read the Facebook post and a very heartfelt post that Zach put together. But tell us for those who who aren't familiar, just how you came to that. I mean, obviously we know why you came to that decision, <laughs> but what it was like to, to have to sort of sit down and make that post. I mean, you know, a lot of my hand was forced to make the post. So, you know, in the grand scheme of things, I didn't get to do what I wanted to do to go out of, you know, go out peacefully and gracefully. So it was kind of annoying in that fact, because, you know, not only, uh, have we not been making revenue for five, almost six months. Um, but on top of that, you know, our lease was over and, you know, just being like, hey, you know, we have been making money, but also we're selling the building. So it was right. just... It was already, it seemed like they were going to have this sold to developers regardless. I mean, I knew that that was probably the plan. And once again, I want no one to think I'm speaking ill of my landlord or anything like that because we have a really good relationship. He's mm -hmm. doing what is best for him during this pandemic as well as, you know, we're trying to do what's best for us. So, you know, once again, I don't want to feel... Like anybody thinks I have hard feelings against him because I understand, you know, it just came at a terrible time, right? right. You know, nobody could predict this. Uh, so that was just kind of the nail in the coffin for us. You know, you get these very, I'm not going to say worthless uh, <laughs> uh, help from the government, but you get very limited help. And, you know, for people like Jackie and I being in the same boat, it's like, yeah, we might get the PPP, which, you know, barely it's helps. <laughs> yeah, barely helps. And, um, you know, there are these grants that trickle in, but there's, it's still, you know, hard to actually generate any income other than us doing what we originally were supposed to be, a bar, you know, whatever. So, you know, you go from uh, us doing these events and making like a thousand, you know, maybe we'll, we'll just call it, we, we make $5,000 a month off events compared to whatever we normally would in sales is a drop in the bucket. So, mm -hmm. you know, when that came down through the pipeline, as soon as he called me, I, I, I knew that's what it was, right? There's not going to be any good thing from your landlord calling right. you during a pandemic. So, <laughs> um, you know, it, 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 once again, talking about my hand being forced to even close is just, you know, I, I was trying to keep this under wraps on, but damn social media, um. you know, word travels fast course you know first people i tell are my employees and let them know and you know uh but from there it's a leak just, from there yeah yeah <laughs> it sucked so you know i kind of had to be like well i've got to do this statement now because otherwise i don't want it to be a third party saying hey they're closing and this is some reason why i wanted to you know have my own terms on why to let people know why we were closing something that just crossed my mind that's really shitty as well is um 
the no doubt market in Delhi just yeah, finally reopened just recently. That family yeah. runs that. Um, I love them, and they they were there next to Amelie's for a long time, yeah. and sort of got forced out of there by the landlords who wouldn't fix the refrigeration system, and all this shit happened, and they finally just got set right back up next door to you. Yeah, and uh, they're now that I think about it, they're going to have to go too. Yeah. Um, that's too bad. Yeah, Johannes is incredible. He's mm. absolutely the best neighbor you could ever have, and and you know, for us, of course, we were very mutually beneficial businesses. Us not having food and them having food, and you know, our our relationship as just friends and businesses located next to each other was was great. Like mm. you really couldn't ask for a better person to be your neighbor. Red Sox uh, fan too. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> but he, he, you know. For him, he's already gotten once you said you like you said again gotten screwed up, screwed over with the Amelie's location. He moves in here, and for us, that was kind of a godsend as well because we knew our lease was was coming up, and mm-hmm. you know if they just signed the lease, it made sense, right? We were going to be able to work together. Our lease goes up. They have a tenant that's got a lease, and we would be able to resign, and and you know maybe if it was only five more years together before they sold the land. That's five okay. Years. Yeah. yeah. That, but you know, the way this all happened is not ideal, of course, and not ideal for many people. But it, it just couldn't have came at a worse time, really. Mm-hmm. So, and we'll talk. Well, yeah, we talk about it now. I mean, you you were open in your, um, if not specific, because I don't think it's think it's very early in the game. But you were open about your desire to hopefully find a second location. Yeah. Um, is that something you're jumping right into? Or are you taking a a break. Um, well, I didn't. I'm not allowed a break, I guess. Right. Um, unfortunately. So yeah, I'm diving right back in because you know, just because we're closed doesn't mean there's not a ton of work to do, right? Mm. We have so much crap in there. You know, we got oh, 250, yeah. I... 450 pound machines that we're going to have to relocate and take somewhere. We've got to rip out all the stuff we built. This is going to be a mess in general. Mm. Um, so. Yeah, I kind of have to be nimble on my feet right now. I have to find either A, are we going to find a spot where we can reopen? B, am I going to have to find an auction company to come in and sell everything? Or C, you know, am I going to like throw it in storage and, and pay storage for X amount of months until you know this blows over or I find a spot? So yeah, it's I don't really get to relax because because of that. Yeah, I can imagine the the process of that just clearing that place out alone. Yeah. Um, Oof. So what about a what about a really tough question then before we start looking at the future of everything? How how long do you think you have of not having an income, Jackie, before shit goes real south for Hatties? You love that question. <laughs> <laughs> the famous question. The you get asked that the a lot. Doomsday clock. <laughs> because honestly, in the beginning of this, I was like, okay, I've got two months. Sure. And then it pushed back to three and now four. And I think once our community kind of realized that shit sucks Mm -hmm. and it's not easy. And for places like us where we don't have a normal income coming in, but people are able to, like our regulars that are able to work from home are still bringing in an income. They are realizing that they can help us out with, normally they would go out on a Friday, Saturday, Sunday at our locations and and now they're like, oh, I can just, you know, give them 10, 20 bucks, you know, every weekend or something. That actually goes a long way. Sure, Mm -hmm. Um, you get a lot of that. Pardon? You get a lot of that, just like. Yes and no. Like I think tips. it goes in spurts. Sure. Um, you get a dead two weeks, and then all of a sudden things come to to light, and it's like boom, 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 mm-hmm. and people are really there, and willing to help. And I think that, I mean, for me personally, I think that I can sustain this for a couple more months. Um, my landlord has not told me that I could not pay rent, but she allowed me to have two months to kind of like add on per month, I guess, okay. when yeah. I can. Like a payment plan kind of thing? Well, kind it, of. Should, it should just um, extend the lease. And so that is helpful. Yeah. Um, and she's absolutely amazing. And she's a big fan of the fact that it is a female-owned location, and mm-hmm. that does help. And she's been fantastic. So, I mean, as long as I am able to continue some sort of revenue coming in, then I think I can do this for a couple more months. Um, but you And know, talk it's... about the most downer news from a couple months ago that I kept hearing, and, and I never, I don't know, I might have reached out to you at one point, but you were targeted 
for break-ins at least twice, if not oh, three yeah. times, right? During yeah, so this time? twice now. Yeah, we've yeah. been broken into twice. So the first was, the first time was days after the shutdown. That's what I thought, okay. And then the second one happened um, on Cinco de Mayo. And the second one was the big one because they broke into our walk-in cooler and wiped us clean. Mm-hmm. The only thing we had left over was in our small coolers that were inside. Talk about what a special a ballsy, place in hell. What a ballsy place to break yeah. into. It's just sitting right there on right Parkwood, on plaza. plaza, whatever. And we have cameras yeah. everywhere, so yeah. we had mm-hmm. good camera view of everything, but they just still messed nothing. up, or that sucks. Yeah. Um, oh, I thought Zach was about to say something. Yeah. Oh. I'm, just, <laughs> um, I'm just basically agreeing with Jackie. I mean, you know, not not for lucky for us, we haven't been broken into. Watch us, knock on wood there. Uh, but you know. It's, it's harder to carry that shit out. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's for sure. But you know, just talking in regards to this, the the question about when do you when do you think you're going to close is is right. You're on so uncertain of the future. Yeah. It's like yeah, that you question have no idea. is constantly being like you're constantly changing your mind. You're like, well, I can do this, I can do that, and you know, I can make this work for this time. But then sometimes you have to stretch stretch that out yeah. even longer and. Um, you know, I agree with Jackie also about just like, you know, the donations and stuff, they come in spurts. And I think a lot of it is, you know, us doing a good job of keeping us relevant and in our eyes. And I think Jackie and I both have uh, the thing in common where is we're, yes, we're bars or private clubs, but we're very community oriented. And I think that really shows, you know, there's a reason why her and I are getting so much love during this versus, you know, some other bar that's some just, asshole. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> well, I, I don't mean just, to be mean, it's but just yeah, that they're just yeah. a place that's open. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And for us, which is lucky that, that Zach and I both have a staff and a community that is so creative. Yeah. So we are not only adapting to a day to day, but we're also adapting to make sure that our patrons are still staying you know, intrigued by us. Mm. So we come up with these random things like doing a rooftop uh, concert and just trying to keep people entertained. You can make yeah. uh, Nick Fur <laughs> strip in the parking lot. Yeah. <laughs> a lot of people would maybe show up. <laughs> <laughs> I watched him I watched him dressed uh, as a woman for the Rocky Horror picture, picture show at Canvas Tattoo. Was that last year, two years ago? <sighs> Yeah, nightmares <laughs> about that. Hey, I'm proud of him though. He's almost over. He's over a hundred. Six months. And, yeah. Over a hundred days sober. I went and played. Right. I went and played disc golf with disc golf with him twice last week, and yeah, it's pretty awesome. Um, and you, what you mentioned it a little bit, Zach, as far as the the sort of you said you didn't want to call it worthless, but I'll let you guys sort of take the lead on what your respective experiences have been with the government as far as. I think we can all sort of agree that there's no one was prepared for this, and we can play Monday morning quarterback all day long, and and you know what no, does that mean? It means foresight is twenty twenty, um, um, but you can't say that anybody was ready for this necessarily. But it's certainly, in my opinion, we have the funds to have done better than we're doing for small business owners at the very least, if not just resi- every individual. But I'm, what has been your experience as far as when coming out the gate? Did you guys apply for PPP? Did you see any of it? Um, yeah, I mean, you know, of course, for me, it's like constantly looking like what kind of help can we get at this point in time? Um, so, you know, of course, I did like Foundation for the Carolina Grants, um, which are still being passed out, but I haven't seen you know, I, I hear all these other people getting them, and, yep. you know, I applied, what, June 16th or something It was like. the 22nd that it came out. Yeah, the 22nd. And I think you and I both did it the, the exact, exact same day. day. And still haven't you know, seen I call, it. You call, know, I called yesterday, and it's like, hey, you know, I, I, I heard that you guys said some of the paperwork was kind of messed up for certain people, and that's why these, you know, grants haven't gone out. And they're like, oh, well, if you didn't receive an email, you're good. I was like, that doesn't. Yeah. Thanks. Why? I mean, that. that's that's I think the. Let problem. me go back and check my junk mail. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Because I'm I'm still waiting to hear something back from them to the open for yeah. business thing. Yeah. yeah. So I mean, I think a lot of it, and once again, this is just people being unprepared for all of this. Is is you know, there's so much ambiguity behind all of these programs. Like you just don't really have all the information you need, and they don't either. Mm-hmm. So it's it's a problem. And even when it comes to PPP. 
Um, you know, people are like, well, I'll get a question. It's like, well, didn't you get PPP? And I'm like, well, yeah, I got PPP. It's called Paycheck Protection Program. Yeah. That is there to pay, pay your staff. And then you now use have the, the other. decline in revenue. Yeah, right? yeah. <laughs> so guess what? You know, I did it when I first got it. So that was 70, you know, 75%, 25% for other business expenses. So at the time, you know, I did kind of the maximum. Now I think they, was it might be 50, yeah, they, 50 or it, 60. They extended 40. it to it's 40, 60, yeah. 40, yeah, so, so they've, they've even decreased it. You know, so me being, uh, and not to toot my own horn, being a good person, worrying about my staff, I was like, automatically, 75%, no no problem. I'll go mm -hmm. ahead and we'll, you know, that's, that's lost pay for them. Let's do it. Flip side of that is, you know, the remainder, the remainder 25% is one month rent, right? Yeah. Right. One month rent. So does it help? Yeah, kind of. But when you're shut down for five or six months, yeah. not really. I mean. Yeah, absolutely. And so now moving forward, I mean, we just we just talked about the uncertainty of it all. There's no real, there's no knowing where we go from here. Um, but Jackie, where do we go from here? <laughs> <laughs> I wish I had an answer, but nobody does. Right. Um, it literally is day to day. And it's so uncomfortable that it is day to day, but that's how we live now. Mm -hmm. um, we get excited when... Uh, Cooper is about to speak and tell us if we're going into a phase or not. And all of us literally sit there with our tails wagging, like waiting for it. And then he drops the bomb of it not being able to happen. And we get to go back to the drawing board of how to be creative again and, and figure it out. Right. And so it is frustrating and it is, you know, disheartening, especially for people like Zach and I that, you know, haven't been able to get, extra funding because we are the 15% that has been shut down through all of this. Mm -hmm. Um, but I understand why it's happening. Um, and I support why it's happening. Um, I just wish there was a little bit of extra for us to be a part of the solution instead of being told that we're not allowed to be a part of it at all. Or Absolutely. that we're the problem. Or that we're the problem. Yeah. Mm -hmm. and, and that, I think that's yeah. one thing is it, I, once again, I agree with Jackie completely. Like, it, I understand the necessity of closing down businesses. I think that was botched from the beginning, in my personal opinion. You know, mm -hmm. we could have done this so much better. We could have done a full lockdown for two months. And I think, I A, agree. we would have yeah. lost way more money, like yep. Jackie and I. And the government would have lost less money. Yeah. So it, You would have less, less, you would have lost way less money. Less money. Less money. Yeah, 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 yeah. And the government would have lost less money, right? right? Like, that seems ideal in my head, but... Of Apparently it wasn't ideal, and now we're constantly backtracking and trying to fix a problem that was screwed up from the beginning. Yeah. So, um, you know, that's kind of the problem I have with this whole outlook on like bars in general is that there's some cesspool for COVID. It's like we haven't even gotten a chance to prove that we're the cesspool. Why are you putting us above sporting arenas and all this other mm -hmm. stuff? You know, everybody else has been irresponsible with their their responsibility basically to reopen during a pandemic. And here we are trying to make ends meet and actually thinking about how we can do everything safely where we're putting on the, you know, we're, we're put on this like max factor risk, you know, without basically any science to prove that because we've been closed. Right. So we're, li we're literally doing everything that we were intended to not be like we yeah. were intended to be a bar yeah. and we're doing everything else other than being a bar. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And yet the other places are being able to be somewhat of what they were intended to be open for. And then we get kind of shut out and they're like, Oh, well exactly how you said, um, Zach, that like we're a cesspool basically oh, yeah. of COVID. So yeah. it feels very just inconsistent. Out. Yeah. Yeah. Did the state government give you any, um, cut on like your permit fees or mm -hmm. licenses or anything yeah. like that that was a huge disappointment that's yeah. that's the other big deal yeah. with ale right now right mine my, i'm sure jack is april it was april got, when it yeah. was due yeah i paid mine back in april just sure. because I, I honestly thought that it would go away eventually we yeah. would hopefully follow <laughs> rules and you know oh, sure. things would look better in the future and i paid mine when it was due and didn't happen, so they eventually pushed it back for businesses that haven't paid for it yet to June. June yep. And then 
told again, oh, sorry, you're not going to be able to use it. So you just put $1,800 or $2,000 into an account that you're never going to be able to use. So thank you for that license. And then that, (laughs) that, that's the other problem is, you know, I, 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 feel like I have my finger on the pulse of a lot of this stuff and I'm sure you do too because you're like me you you want to read every bit of information that you can about what's going on right because that's all you have you don't really have a future plan you don't have anything set in stone so it's like how do I prepare myself for when I can possibly open right and so you know that's that's really (laughs) I guess the issue with all of this is you know the state or the federal government should be working with, you know, people like us, small businesses like us, whether we're a bar or not, because, you know, we're not even getting concessions on things like that. Like a, a business permit that we are required to have to operate, you can't even prorate it for us. You can't, like, why? I don't understand, you know, and I know that's probably a bunch of red t- tape having to do with just government in general, but... Um, at the same time, you know, you look at places like New York where they're saying a third of small businesses are going to close in New York, a third. So what's that? Tens of thousands, if not hundreds of thousands of small businesses are going to close. So I just don't think a lot of people understand the severity of the pandemic, not only just for us being bars for closed for, you know, almost six months, but there are things you don't even think about. Like I've, I've given this example to a few of my friends is uh, like my brother, he works for Riddell, Rydell, whatever, the sports equipment company. It's like, there's no school sports. He's right. a salesman. Oh. Try selling, nobody to sell uh, it to. Try selling uh, <laughs> sports equipment to a school that's not doing school sports. Right. It's impossible. So, you know, I think everybody doesn't understand the scope because they see these businesses open and they see, especially businesses like, like ours in quotations, um, you know, bars or restaurants acting as bars, but... You know, they don't understand that, hey, oh, well, why are, you know, why are you not open? And I think because... Join the party, man. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I think we're we're kind of in the minority, mm-hmm. and that's the reason, like, it's not a big deal, right? right. To, to the government or... You well, know, yeah, because if you drive down uh, North Davidson and you see Blind Pig is closed and Evening Muse is closed, and yep. then... Um, uh, Billy Jacks, Jimmy Jacks, Billy Jacks. It's fucking Billy Jacks. Billy Jacks. I could never get it right. They're on and popping, and yeah, and then yeah. 101 is closed. Well, 101, I guess. I mean, uh, North Davidson has more just straight up bars than most places. But right. you yeah. drive around South End, and it looks like everything is just everything going, is open. Yeah. just going. Yeah. Yep. Um, but I mean, so Jackie. Uh, comment you made to me in passing in the parking lot. Uh, I took offense to. No, I'm just. Uh, sort of made it sound like I mean you have some some optimism that you're you're looking ahead with, but I haven't heard much of that from you in this conversation. So I'm wondering how you're are you uh, how are you looking forward? I guess. What's my plan for the future? Um, yeah. I know that I I think for places like myself and Abari mm-hmm. we back in March set, you know, a standard of how we would be if we were able to open during a pandemic. So during the time and with the, what what we had, I added a bunch of benches out back or, you know, I bought a ton of hand sanitizer and got rid of seating inside and got rid of all of our board games and no pool and no darts. So it'll just, (laughs) (laughs) So, I mean, I prepared for it, but I have no opportunity to show for it. So, um, but even for the future, I don't know if I necessarily have a plan, but I will adapt every way that I possibly can to make sure that I can provide. Mm -hmm. And, you know, this is a passion of mine and this is what I love. And I know Zach can say the same thing, like his bar was, is his baby. And that is, you know... You don't find that often. And Patty's is my baby, and I don't even own it. <laughs> yeah. I have no it. See, and but it's you like get that, though, right? Yeah. Absolutely, it's community. Yeah, yeah. And so. that's that's why like we get along so well too, is because I know that I see the passion that he puts into his business, and I do the same for mine. And we will do anything that we can to try to keep it alive. But things like this that are tearing it down, it's really hard to say what is going to happen for the future. 
yeah. even though we want that future to happen. And, you know, for us, we're going to figure it out in any way, shape or form. And honestly, right now, our, our thing that's keeping us alive is selling merch and doing car washes. And if mm. that's what I have to do until I'm able to open my doors to the public, then that's what I it will do. And the next announcement, I want to say September 11th, but that sounds pretty far. That's Never September forget. 11th? Yeah, it's September 11th. Yep. Oh, man. Never forget. My and parents' anniversary. Uh, well, really? <laughs> it's a bad <laughs> anniversary. <laughs> yeah. Um, what about September 11th? I don't think that's I caught the that. next announcement. Between well, they'll make the announcement the week yeah. of September 11th. Gotcha. And oh, then gotcha. if we're allowed to open, it will be the date of September 11th. So it'll probably be Wednesday that week. Like yeah. Usually Tuesday or Wednesday yeah. is usually the time that yeah. they throw it out there. Yeah. Are you optimistic about that? I mean, there's no... Knowing that they pushed it from three weeks to five weeks. Yeah. Oh, they did do... That's why. Yeah. I I thought it was three weeks. Okay. Yeah. So they pushed it to five weeks instead of three weeks. That was a a hard pill to swallow Mm -hmm. um, because we're used to the three-week train that we're on and that we've been on. So pushing it to five weeks um, was a little difficult to hear, (laughs) but it gave... It gave me a little bit more optimism knowing that it could, if we're pushing it a little bit further, people are actually going to pay attention. Like, this isn't a joke. This is not a drill. Yeah. This is a real thing. Mm-hmm. Wear your masks wherever the fuck you are. Just do it and pay attention to the rules. Wash your hands and let's see if we can actually go through this and get through this together. And so I, I feel a little bit better about this one because it. We have a little bit longer time, but I don't know. It's like when mm. I get to that week mark, that's when I start getting a little weird about it. Right. It's like, oh, I'm seeing how this is, or I see the numbers that have happened in Charlotte or in North Carolina in general, and then right. my my view changes. I drive uh, Postmates a lot of nights just to like, it's just a thing I like to do, to yeah. be honest. And, uh, I, I am... Ugh. Every time I go near like South End or certain areas, I don't feel very confident. Uh, it sucks. And you damn sure can't tell a pro-lifer what to do with their body because that's right. their choice. <laughs> <laughs> um, but listen, we're I'm hoping that something uh, breaks through because I mean I'm I'm a big believer. Drinker. I'm a big believer in uh, you know locking down and, and keeping the masks on and doing everything right, but the inconsistency of it all with breweries being open but not bars because Goop Cooper said, well, they had a plan. And so that doesn't make much sense to me. And it's like, if you're going to do that, then... I thought it had to do with the fact that they're a production facility. Well, he he said at his last press conference it was because they came at him with a plan, which I don't know who they even uh, is. But in every press conference, he kind of skirts around the whole bar yeah. situation yeah. in general. So I didn't know that he had actually said that. I thought that oh, somebody no. was making a joke. Oh no, he said that. Yeah. Said. Um, so I'm rooting for you guys. I mean, I'm rooting. It's like I said. It's Hattie's is our home base. Justin and I are there all the time. It's, it's a little community. Um, and we don't want to see anything else go down like it did at Abari, but we're also rooting for that to come back as quick as possible. But uh, we're going to take a quick little break and come Man, back. Man, I can't tell you how many times I accidentally ended up at Hattie's at 4 p.m. <laughs> That's right. long I'm going to be here night. for like 30 minutes, 40 minutes, yeah. have a beer, and I leave at like 2.30. It always morning. happens. Uh, fact. Yeah. There's no windows. It's, a, it's been a healthy closure for me, but I don't wish it upon you. Um, and now commercial. Yeah, we'll be right back. How long do runners need to stretch before hitting the road? This is a 60-second training tip powered by Ortho Carolina. Stretching muscles while the body is at rest can lengthen muscles and help runners improve performance, reduce injuries, and recover from a tough run faster. But how long should a good stretch last? The simple answer is 30 seconds. This allows your cold muscles to relax and be ready for work. Taking the time to stretch properly is critical, especially if you're coming back from an injury. Something to note though, stretching a muscle group for longer than 30 seconds can actually decrease your speed and hurt your performance. In addition to a good pre-run stretch, spend some time after your run and stretch the same muscle groups for 30 seconds as well. This has been your 60-second training tip powered by Ortho Carolina, official team physicians of the Carolina Panthers and proud sponsor of the Queen City Podcast Network. 
For more training tips or to make an appointment, visit orthocarolina.com. There are everyday actions to help prevent the spread of respiratory diseases. Wash your hands. Avoid close contact with people who are sick. Avoid touching your eyes, nose, and mouth. Stay home when you are sick. Cover your cough or sneeze. Clean and disinfect frequently touched objects with household cleaning spray. For more information, visit cdc.gov COVID-19. This message brought to you by the National Association of Broadcasters and this station. Welcome back to episode 24 of Queen City Nerves News Hounds podcast. I'm Ryan Pitkin here with my co-host Justin LaFrancois. I'm sorry. You're going to have to do that again. Why? It, just, it, felt like, <laughs> it felt like you were starting the whole episode over. I'm sorry. Uh, <laughs> hey, welcome back to the second half. No. <laughs> it fucked me up. <laughs> and welcome back to the... Oh, God damn it. <laughs> and we're back. And we're back on Queen City Nerves News Hounds podcast. I'm Ryan Pitkin with Justin LaFrancois. And we still have Jackie Deloach and Zach Pulliam uh, here with us. And I think uh, on the same topic that we talked about already with local businesses getting fucked, uh, we can talk a little bit about... Leather and lace? The, uh, <laughs> <laughs> what a bombshell. No one, what is, no one could have expected. What did happen with them? I, I only saw that in passing. That's uh, not what I was about to say. But. Drunk, drunk workers, like on the stage, illicit drugs. sex acts. Oh, I read the whole subpe- not subpoena, the affidavit. Which leather and lace was it, though? The South one in Boulevard. South Boulevard? Was it? Because yeah. that one's been closed for a while. Is this a new one? Well, or are we talking about the one from like six months ago? <laughs> no, this is not a new one. <laughs> new. I'm, oh. I'm pretty positive they have two locations. <laughs> oh, yeah. No, they have yeah. uh, three, I think. There's okay. one on North Trial, one on South Boulevard, and then there's one somewhere else. Yeah. University? So oh, North Trial. The yeah. South End one closed a while ago. Mm-hmm. And oh, they were right. renovating it to be, of course, something new. I just remember oh, okay. all the beautiful paintings on the outside. <laughs> I almost got <laughs> that that purple and yeah. and I've only I've al- I was almost killed in the North Triangle Leather and Lace once, and it's <laughs> one of only twice, <laughs> two times I've been in a strip club. Almost did not make it out. Um, I hate strip clubs. They're the worst. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Justin. I never really knew why I was uncomfortable. Like, I don't shame the people working there or anything. I have friends who are strippers, and I have no problem with that. But then Justin worded it perfectly one time, and he said, if someone's getting naked in front of me, I want them to want to. Yeah. And that just, yeah, that's why that's I have an uneasy feeling that. every yeah. time I go into one of those places. Um, but I was actually going to talk about the Hawthorne Bridge, which is not nearly as fun. But this fucking bridge has been pushed back. It was supposed to open originally in twenty three years ago. Yeah, I was gonna or say no, either that's when they or no, that's when they started working on it. it started twenty seventeen, but it was definitely supposed to open only like a year later, which would be twenty eighteen. The first business that got fucked was that uh, fish market. Yeah, I was just about to say that's the only one I can think of that is Catch actually on. officially closed. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but um, Hawthorne lost. I remember them saying that they lost a shitload of revenue because that bridge shut down. I don't doubt it. I'm sure the same with Sabor as well. I doubt. I, right. I doubt that. I well, think Sabor is fine. Right actually, you're right. You're I had, right. I don't like Sabor. I don't like the food. Oh, Hawthorne Pizza. I kept trying to think what like the road <laughs> lost money. <laughs> um, Technically, yeah. Technically, yeah. <laughs> but also, what's that deli right next to Seventh Street Deli? Oh, I, I used to go there place. often, mm. and now I can't even remember the damn name. Yep, right? I have <laughs> to. I have to go out of my way to get there for sure. But I love that place. Yeah, that place is great. I mm-hmm. uh, just yeah, it's it's fucking annoying, and the problems that they've had have just been hilarious because they brought in. Like from across the country, I believe they brought in those uh, girders. Girders, thank yeah, you, because you saw that one coming. <laughs> we talked about this in a podcast in the past, and I don't know, I forget what I called them. But like they brought in girders that were the wrong size, had to send them all the way back on trucks. And then this time they said the cement mix was not um, the newest announcement that they will not be opening until 2021. The cement mix was not the right grade or something of that matter. Like, I think. Larkin made a good point uh, at the city council meeting recently where he just said, if this was a private company, these people would have been fired a long time ago. Like, how long are we going to put up with this? Um, You could have just made it a wooden bridge. (laughs) 
I just love seeing all the comments, and it's like, you know, the Golden Gate Bridge took four years, and there's only like two deaths. So it's like, <laughs> <laughs> it's like the largest, one of the largest suspension bridges. That's a big bridge. Yeah. yeah. How are we? How are we now? Now coming up against that? Yeah. Um, but that's really like I would. Uh, I'm surprised there hasn't been more of a fuss. I don't like that word. There hasn't been more of a of an outrage from those business owners who are affected yeah. by that because that's ridiculous. I know that. Well, it's been so long. They, uh, you know, I'm going to speak for them here as their <laughs> as their unelected representative. Uh, they might not even fucking realize it anymore, right? Because it's been so damn long. It's just like it's just the way of the world. Yeah, we know. Not a lot of people come to Elizabeth. They just well, I mean, that. people people see if people were going to use the bridge to get to Seventh Street, they've already and they stopped. St- and if, if they still have to get to Seventh Street, I mean, they're going to go over there. Right, right. So like, that's a good point too. Where now it's at the point where people just know how to go around. Yeah, I can't imagine that so much traffic was lost just because the bridge isn't open because people still have to go over there. I think it's just the the positioning, right? So that's like dead in the center. Mm -hmm. So yeah, I get what you're saying from the Seventh Street um, aspect, but you know, I'm just I used to live over there in in those um, I can't remember the apartments, but you know, that I moved in right after the bridge had started, and um, so like you do notice the difference because I know from my perspective, even living on the other side of the bridge is like man. I don't want to drive all the way through Plaza Midwood yeah. or all the way uh, over to uh, CPCC mm-hmm. to then cut up because it, it's just like it's a pain. Nobody mm-hmm. wants to do it. So like just the whole fact that it's literally in the center of that street that makes it incredibly convenient to get there and to, you know, places over near Kings and everything, it, I, I, I I would argue that it's probably even worse than you would expect because, right. and obviously with COVID, it doesn't help. It's probably right. even worse. and you can't take a left on a pecan from Seventh Street. Yeah, pain in the ass. So you have that to go whole, through. Yeah. So you have to go through the Heroes parking lot, which is a one way when you're coming yep. through from the pecan side. And I'm just like, I don't fucking care. Yeah, I need to take a left. Um, I hate that whole pecan Seventh. Um, that whole intersection's fucked. So for oh, it's going to be even yeah. worse with yeah. uh, you know all the development there. It's going to be going on. Oh yeah, Jackalope Jacks. Yeah, the space. Peace They're going to. Yeah. Oh shit! Yeah, yeah the big, that, that huge big, uh, something or other use. something Charlotte Agenda would love to talk about. Right. They already <laughs> did. Um, that's weird too because they shut down how long ago and there's been nothing. I wonder if yeah, it's yeah that took a long time. The bridge. I mean, honestly. Like, to make sense. They are actually just getting started. I just saw a tweet about it, so that means it's true. Um, I think they're starting like this month on that development. Um, there where P-Stone used to be. Um, it's right. Philosopher's Stone for all you fucking loser transplants. Yeah. Don't know what we're talking about. P-Stone was the shit. <laughs> yeah. This is great. Then it turned into like a weird dog bar. Um, I really liked, and this is not... It's, we're not on that property across the street, but Showmars. Nobody seemed to care that Kennedy's <laughs> shut down. Now it's Caswell's. Oh yeah, well, or what, something on yeah, Caswell. It's Caswell's Street Station. Yeah, mm-hmm. I loved Kennedy's. I don't know. My family used to go there a lot. But Monday um, night crab legs. Crab Monday legs. night crab yeah, legs. Absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> also, yeah. the Brownsbackers used to be there. Um, they just shut down all sorts of bars. But uh, what was I going to say? Okay, well, moving forward. We'll never Bridges. see that bridge. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> moving forward to other infrastructure. It, may, it reminds me of when they opened the bridge on Eastway. Bridge on or Eastway. Sugar, Sugar Creek. Creek. Sugar Creek. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That, that was a good day. And 36th Street was, was closed for right? fucking ever. That was yeah. fantastic. I think that had less of an impact, though, like because you know a lot of those businesses around there were already defunct at that point. Yeah. So that's kind of where it's different compared to... Hawthorne Bridge. At least that bridge was not really directly affecting a lot of business. I mean, it still did in that shopping center. I felt like the Sugar Creek one was affecting uh, was affecting community members more because it it bridged two Correct. different communities. Yeah, right. And it was closed for three years. Yeah. yeah. So maybe that'll just be the new thing, Charlotte, home of the three year bridges. Nice, <laughs> nice. That's um, got a much worse ring to it than Queen City. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, so in in actual news news, 
<laughs> that won't be as fun to talk about. But um, as we've been following throughout the throughout the last few months since June third, uh, June second, the night May that 29th. Justin. Well, yeah, but June second was the night that really shit hit the fan with the tear oh, yeah. gas use, and people started getting up in arms about it. Um, there was a new announcement this week by new CMPD chief Johnny Jennings that he's changed the policy in terms of crowd dispersal at CMPD for when protests do happen. Now, I just want to put a little, uh, what's the word, addendum or caveat, some word I'm looking for here, that I've always said we need to focus on the stuff that People are happens. protesting about. Yes, yeah. so we need to focus on the I've been saying stuff that, that since the beginning. Makes people <laughs> protest, and whenever this happens, they start to make these big moves and announce them as if they're fixing everything, but we want to get to the point where people aren't having to protest in the first place. That being said, the new um, policies state that the, the way crowd dispersal orders are ordered, basically, if someone, if they... Do you want if to go CMPD ahead? And let's, let's issues a dispersal it. order and the crowd of protesters disperses and regathers at another location, CMPD is not supposed to include that new gathering as part of the original dispersal order. Right. So if everybody scatters and then they all get back together, and you can take that night for an example, if they had issued a dispersal order at Fifth Street and McDowell where shit started happening, then we got back together at Fourth and College where the kettling incident happened, they would have had to issue a second dispersal order before they were allowed to use chemical munitions. Right. And if they the just policy sort of ambushed yeah. right out of the blue, they wouldn't have been, had time to do that sort of ambush that it they did. It was fucking wild. <laughs> I've seen some so shit. So it has, a, you know, it has a name, right? It's called Operation Anvil, and there's no way that they came up with that 30 minutes before it happened. Right. So, I mean, but yes, so he he made those changes. He said that. They will no longer use tear gas to trap protesters, which you were saying out in the parking lot. And I think, you know, a lot of people are trying to say, like, we just want CMPD to say they were wrong. And in their own bureaucratic way, they that's are. their way of saying they right. were wrong. We will no longer, <laughs> like, not again, will we? Well, that was the funny part. Use in tear his, gas to trap people. In the meeting or in the press conference, he said that. He, he said no longer, and then he stopped himself. Mm -hmm. And then he said, we've updated our policies. And I actually put that in the written quote. I don't usually put when someone just stops mid-sentence. Fixes themselves. Right, yeah. but I, I thought that was funny the way he said that. And they, another addition to that policy was that um, they stated that when they do um, use tear gas riot control agents, that they must leave a at least one clear exit route. I thought it was two. Oh, was it two? I have no idea, so I thought that it was. That does sound, yeah, that sounds right. Uh, look at their... And then in the dispersal order, they are supposed to announce where, where that they are. exit yeah. is. You and can you can see they, they do that really well in Portland. They do mm -hmm. it really fucking well in Portland. Now, I'm not saying... I am saying that the police in Portland are fucking disgusting lunatic <laughs> animals um, that should be put down. Like, Whoa. definitely. Absolutely. Put down? I've seen so many videos from so many independent journalists out there. They are Shit fucking... The other way. They are <laughs> fucking disgusting. And the PPB and Tom Wheeler, I can go on about those pieces of shit all day. Fuck them. But they do a really good job with their dispersal orders. They really do. <laughs> so for context, um, at least from a CMPD standpoint, <laughs> I've, I'm not familiar with these pigs. Uh... <laughs> Or these animals that Justin just <laughs> referred to. But in CMPD, you know, you're at a protest and shit starts getting dicey in the spicy. eyes of the CMPD. We, we call it spice. Okay, that works too. Um, <laughs> they'll roll up on a little golf, uh, not a golf cart, but like a gator, gator type thing. Yeah. And they'll have a big speaker and long range acoustic they'll have device. A, a pre recorded message that goes out on the long range acoustic device. The, first, there'll be a. Um, an officer who has to speak on the microphone because they have to say they have to in the area them. of Fifth and McDowell, and then there's just a recorded thing that goes out to everyone. You have been ordered to disperse. It's no longer lawful to uh, convene here, gather here, or whatever it says. Um, and most people just don't just don't really pay much attention to that. But that being said, in the incident on June second, it would have made a difference in the sense that they would have had to come together, do this thing, rather than wait and ambush moving protesters as they march peacefully. Well, because the thing about each night before that is when you hear the dispersal order given, you know shit's about to go down. Right. 
and you can prepare yourself for it. Mm-hmm. Uh, but when you don't hear a dispersal order given, it's a little bit more shocking. You right. Know? So, yeah, they, they were doing a terrible job at issuing their dispersal orders because they weren't necessarily giving an issue. They weren't necessarily giving an order to disperse. They were just saying, like, this has been called. They, the, part of their order that comes over that loudspeaker that's pre-recorded is they call it an unlawful gathering. So they're not saying, we are issuing you a dispersal order. They're saying, this is now being declared an unlawful gathering. And once you hear that, and then people start chatting up beside you while they're saying that, it's just like, oh, okay, well, that's, that's cool. Right. And it's like you said in the parking lot, you're like, well, nobody does anything when they issue those dispersal orders. And it's like, we take note of them. Right. <laughs> it's noted, for the record, dispersal order given. So, you know... Good on them, I guess, for making those policy changes, but you're absolutely right. And I've been saying that since the day after June 2nd when everybody was up in arms about what happened with that tear gas. I was like, you're taking all the attention away from the matter at hand, which is racial discrimination across every system of society that we have and not about fuck your tear gas. And that's what the 8 Can't Wait aims to start to deal with. Um, 8 Can't Wait is a reform movement campaign that is countrywide uh and nationwide that's what i gotta start saying more i knew countrywide sounds bad and i've been writing countrywide recently and i I hate that word Mm -hmm. anyway it's a nationwide campaign to uh bring eight policy reforms to any police department that adopts it and it includes things that are a little vague such as you know exhausting all options before shooting um which can be specific if you have the option to, I don't know, use a taser or something like that. It is an option. Very good. Um, yes. <laughs> I know options. Um, and things like that. But that's that's good to see them actually approaching those as opposed to just for a while there, it was just, we're going to talk about tear gas. Yeah. Because y'all want to talk about tear gas. Mm-hmm. Um, How do you guys You guys ever been tear gassed? I haven't, and I hope never to be. Yeah, it's, it's, it's not fun. It's a bitch. <laughs> yeah, in 2016, I was only hit with pepper balls, but this past, uh, these past protests was when I got tear gas, and that was first night right first off the night. bat. <laughs> first night. That was night, hardcore yeah. tear gas, and that was because that fun. truck, that truck caught it with yeah. its exhaust and just blew it Oof. all down the sidewalk. Yeah, because I was just standing there and I saw it floating in front of me, and then the truck just, and then. It was just a vacuum right in my face. Yeah. Um, well, well, good for them. So. Yeah. You go get them, CMP. No, don't go get anybody. <laughs> don't, don't go get anybody. Uh, <laughs> another thing we've been following um, definitely at length here and had a few guests involved with um, working on the ground here around Tent City, the homeless encampment that's formed around 12th Street um, in college, I guess we could say would be the epicenter. But it's, it's really... Sp- no, that's uh, that's like a trade in college. Trade in college. Oh, the episode. <laughs> Fuck you. Um, and <laughs> sorry, I just got the joke. And I hate it. But <laughs> first of all, I just I went to the epicenter the other day and was in the. Uh, I think you've probably seen that picture from inside the elevator of the epicenter. But it just. Don't Sherry Berry with me. No, okay. she's out. I know. I she's don't know out. why her pictures are still in those goddamn elevators. But they make me mad. Um, but it's just, you know, it's a line of every business in the epicenter, and everyone has a closed sticker next to it, except for um, Nationwide Insurance or something. They got a dentist in there, though. Dude, that's it. That is. It's a dental office. Skyview. I was, like, killing it. Um, Homeless people. I don't, yeah. Um, so they have, they, have now fin- uh, they have now started evictions or announcing the day that this, uh, you hear this, if you listen on as soon as this comes out, will be the final deadline for folks to clear out of the property owned by W.B. Moore, which is a the white brick building over there that they are apparently going to just take down and, and redevelop in general. And that's why that's their excuse for doing it, which I've driven by since they announced that in their release and it looks like a nice building. I don't know if I believe them. It's a damn shame. Yeah. I don't know if I believe them. But... We've been keeping up with this issue a lot. Uh, we had Deborah Willard on from Block Love CLT. Had Stacy Phillips on from uh, Watchmen, Watchmen of the Streets, um, and it seems like things are coming to a head as we sort of knew they would before the RNC, 
which is also coming up before our next podcast. Uh, I'm not sure what that's going to look like. But as I, I talked to Randall Hitt over at A Roof Above, who runs Urban Ministry Center and Men's Shelter, it's sort of their new merger name. And he was just saying, you know, like, do we, they're going to start clearing these up, people out of private property, but they don't have anywhere to go. There is no, there is no plan from any organization or government or transitional housing to help anyone. He was saying they might go across the street or they might go to Music Factory. Bunk beds. That's what your inv- your solution is. I mean, I something. I'm sure it's fucking something. <laughs> uh, I think that was actually one of the first things they did away with at the men's shelter. Was bunk beds during COVID? Oh, I was gonna say you fit more people. But I could be completely wrong about that. They didn't let me in uh, when I went by there because it had already started. But totally understandable. But it just struck me that when he said the music factory, I was like, of course. That makes sense because we used to have our office over there mm-hmm. and they have all that room under the 277 bridge where a couple people have tents and sometimes they go clear it out and sometimes they don't. But I could see that absolutely being the next location. But I just, I'd like to see some more leadership from the city on where these people are going to go. Not that I think it's an easy solution, mm-hmm. obviously. Um, but I, I mean, I, I I, I think people should be more aware of that in general mm-hmm. because if you if you drive down was it college right no yeah. not college uh twelfth twelfth street Grant there. Graham whatever it's twelfth toward yeah. Graham. Graham yeah yeah so I mean it, you should really take a look at it because it's it's should show you in general how bad the need is for housing for these people mm-hmm. and just how bad things are in general right now in the U S and, and not only just Charlotte so yeah I mean um, I I. For me, you know, being close to there, I drove past it a lot, even mm-hmm. though we were closed. And, you know, it kind of makes you feel not only for them that they're having, they're basically losing anywhere to go, mm-hmm. but also just for the fact that, you know, this is how it, you know, this is what it's come to. This is this the reality point. right yeah. now. Yeah. And, and it kind of shows of what it was before this pandemic as yeah. well, because yeah. like we were going in, like we, at, as much as we were growing as a city, We've never been able to provide for the homeless in this amount of capacity mm-hmm. with the amount of growth that we've had. Yeah. And absolutely. that really puts that to light. And the number and yeah. time count actually went down, yeah. um, I think, from 3,500 to 3,000 in the very most recent from the last the six-month period. And it doesn't – I don't – obviously, as uh, if you pick up our new issue and, and check out the eviction story about those proceedings resuming – it's it's going to go back up. That's mm-hmm. almost a given now with COVID, and and I don't, you know, that's almost seems in, unavoidable. Well, unavoidable in the capitalist system we live in, where no, where the government's not going to provide people or or do a, a rent freeze or anything like that. But um, where was I going with that? My thought was, I had a point to make. <laughs> <laughs> but when. Um, Zach, you were talking about, I think people should drive by there and see it. It's actually the idea behind what Block Love is doing this weekend, right? Yeah. Just, Justin knows better. He saw the, the preview video. The, of it. uh, it's, it's the Phil's Foundation is doing it uh, in support of Block Love, and they're doing okay. kind of like a quote-unquote telethon where members of their foundation are going to go sleep at Tent City. They're, they're calling it an inaugural thing, so they want to do it annual. It's called Sleep Out Charlotte. They'll be spending a night there and kind of live streaming the conditions of a night for our homeless community members who live in encampments like that. And then at the same time, trying to take donations and raise funds for block love through, you know, I guess the 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 simplest way to put it is uh sensationalism you, you really well no, no there's I, a first no, person experiential yeah. type thing um, you're right i'd use the wrong word definitely but that's um, just because so many people were uh accusing me of sensationalism with the protests but <laughs> you yeah. are a sensationalist you do, you do the first person the thing i did not i was not aware of those accusations because that's the opposite of what you oh bro because you weren't reading the comments oh yeah i don't i don't, <laughs> don't buy social media comments right? <laughs> that's the moral of the story well, that's well so so they're doing they're doing that in an effort to raise money for the amazing efforts that block love has been doing out there every single day so kind of like a like a video telethon thing nice. where you know, are they gonna be like like going live like, yes they will be live on okay. facebook um and instagram i don't know 
what it'll look like. I mean, they're very, they're very familiar with the people who are out there, so by no means would I ever recommend somebody who's not a part of one of these organizations go out there and do that. It is idiotic, um, not safe, and totally rude for you to do. They actually That's sensationalist. Yeah, yes. they actually <laughs> understand like you know the proper procedure for somebody's privacy or if they want to be filmed or not or what not to show and not to mention you don't know what you're bringing in there as far as COVID goes. Yeah. Just which could be disastrous. Yeah. Really, mm-hmm. I mean, I I, I want to give a quick shout out to somebody about that. Um, I have a guy that's friend of mine, a local at the bar, and he's been doing something with, I don't know if it's block love or just going there in general out of the kindness of his heart, but he's been the one mowing out there. And so he does that for free. He just goes out there. You know, I wish there were more people like that that cared enough to really, you know, fix this problem. It's sad that we have the community doing it instead of the government, but, you know. Mm-hmm. It is one of those things, man, when when you see one of these heavy, heavy summer storms that happen at seven or eight every day, six o'clock, like I, I can't help but my, have my mind go there every time because it's it's brutal. Like, mm-hmm. and then and this, that's the bullshit of local government because if you read those detailed point in time reports mm-hmm. every year, uh, you know I think that the the gathering of Tent City is just to show you that uh, I feel like a lot of people came from. You know, the camps and stuff were dispersed all over the city mm-hmm. before COVID right. started, and then they wanted it's to not be, an increase yeah. in people. It's they came to they came to one spot right. for yeah. a concentration. It's like if you read those reports, they'll they'll throw your fucking mind wild. And our county government doesn't do shit for it. Mm-hmm. You're talking about community members, and that's all we've seen yeah. in support of that entire community for this entire crisis is all of these grassroots organizations that have either started or been doing the work who stepped up and did it double time while the county government has made almost zero mention yeah. of the tent city or the problem and it's increasing this. The county is supposed to be in charge of homelessness and the city has, mm-hmm. has tried to pour money into it, but it's just like, where does that money, there's not enough, uh, short term relief coming. I, mm-hmm. I, there's plenty of empty hotel space. And if you really wanted to put your power behind it, you could you could you could house a lot of these people on a short term basis. I know that that's easy for me to say sitting here at this table. I'm not on the ground. I'm not doing the actual work. I get it, but it's like there's there's ways to make it happen quicker than just say we're putting five hundred thousand or a million dollars towards this, and then you're not going to see that for another year. Yeah. Think of how many hotel rooms the city could rent. For houseless people, if they weren't focused on putting street murals down all over the city, (laughs) like all over the city, to where they did 15, and now they're investing more money to do more. And I understand like beautification in some parts of certain neighborhoods, but that's not that wasn't the goal or the outcome of any of these. And instead of putting that toward anything useful, although that's that's tax money, but that doesn't have to go toward. I don't know how taxes work. Well, <laughs> <laughs> that was the quote of the podcast. Yeah. So I'd like to end on that, but Can't I wait wanna, for that clip. But I want to make a, <laughs> I want to make a broader point about. So when I was talking to Randall Hit at Roof Above, and he said, you know, a lot of people's first instinct who are just now getting introduced to the problem is give these people housing vouchers, and and then they can go find a home with it for through in in, in Livian. Um, which was the Charlotte Housing Authority. Um, that's not how it works because he was telling I me, mean, a lot of these people already have them. We live in a city, that's the issue, that there is no place to go with your housing voucher. Uh, I talked to, for this week's cover story, a woman named Ethiopia Williams who has lived in a hotel for two years because she got an eviction on her record and now no apartment will look at her new applications because of that eviction on her record. And when she does go through and live in, she went through a place in Ashley Park and, or called a place in Ashley Park that was an affordable housing complex and said, I heard that you had an opening. She said, well, we do have an opening, but when did you sign up for the waiting list? She said, I'm, I'm not on the waiting list. She said, well, we're just getting to the people who signed up in 2013. So that's seven years on that, on that complex, and that's the sort of situation where we're looking at right now. Um, so it's, it's a lot deeper and. When you put all this money towards affordable housing, those complexes take years to get planned, built, opened, 
all that. And it's uh, it's overwhelming to even look at. Yeah, because they're working on that on the on the west side, right in Brookhill, right? Right. And how long is that going to take? So long. But they're not. I mean, they're doing it the right way. They're not like displacing people. At the right. Same they're time. opening up portions at a time and, and shutting out. Yeah. yeah. And we we are talking about building brand new housing for people who didn't have it in the first right. place. Right. Because so. you remember that one place that just opened the waiting list, and when Alvin was out there taking pictures. Um, of just the ridiculous long line. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Even those people are going to have to wait a long time mm -hmm. to get, even the, the very few in that line who got signed up or got into a nice spot are going to have to wait a long time for housing. They were, they were only giving out like a thousand units, yeah. right? It's crazy. I mean, who needs affordable housing when you have luxury apartments? Right. There's say. plenty yeah. of those going on. <laughs> just, get, just get one of those. Yeah. Like, why yeah. do you live outside? You don't want to pay 1500 plus for 600 square feet? No. I don't get it. Pull, but, you know. pull up on your bootstraps. <laughs> well, on a more, let's end on a light note. Because as Justin mentioned earlier, I think right before we went on, Dolly Parton. Dolly Parton is on our side. She endorsed Black Lives Matter, and it was a headline from a news outlet. Love to see the head turns from that. Yeah. If you've oh, uh, never listened to, uh, hold on, I'm gonna I'm gonna look it up. Uh, there's a podcast about Dolly Parton. It's like a seven part series. Oh, get the hell out of here. Why are people so obsessed with Dolly Parton? I don't know anything she's about her. She's absolutely fantastic. She is. Yeah. She's just well, a fantastic but, person, you know. Oh, Some people have that aura where okay. it's just like, hey. This person's a good person. I always and liked I think her. she really yeah. is. I always so. liked her just fine and loved Jolene. And oh, Jolene's up. It is what it is. Wow. But after listening to it, it's called Dolly Parton's America is the name of the podcast. Absolutely recommend it. Then I got it. Because I used to wonder, like, you know, I don't know. What's the, what's the big deal I here? I just thought she was this generation's Elvis. And then, uh. like, you know, she's got this special place in the heart of people from Tennessee and stuff. But if you listen to that podcast, I think it's seven or eight episodes. Man, I love that woman. She's the best. And... Um, that being said, they do a whole episode about how she stayed out of politics for much of her career, although she would drop hints. And like she did 9 to 5, the movie and the song and the whole soundtrack, and that was pretty political. But then whenever she's asked in interviews, she wouldn't really say anything. So I think it's a big deal that she actually said that today. She's getting, uh, she's getting older, and she's saying, I don't give a fuck. I'm going to tell you what I feel about equality. So I respect her for that. Mm -hmm. That being said, is there any closing notes anybody... Uh, I'm good. Just to throw out there. Well, we really appreciate you guys coming on. And thank you. Yeah, we're going to be uh, rooting for the best the best possible ending for, for everyone involved because, like we've talked about multiple times here on this podcast, the way that you guys run your business and, and engage community and, and keep keep your community close is, is very important. And we don't want to lose folks like yourself uh, more than anything. So we're going to see how it goes from here on out. But we hopefully, hopefully it goes up from here. Uh, and this has been New Sounds. Cheers. <laughs>